dishwasher just <laughs> at like the exact same time well hello guys <laughs> oh my goodness what's going on people welcome back to another episode of straight like that you're not gonna say it next time <laughs> my voice getting dissed hate it down it's fine. How was your day? It's been awesome. Cowboys won. How about your that day? That did happen. It was pretty productive, I guess. Not as productive as I would have liked to have been, but it was nice. Understood. I mean, it'd be like that sometimes. But yeah, went to Walmart and spent too much money again. Nice. For what number of time in my life? The usual. Exactly. Mm-hmm. All right, so, do you know what a trauma bond is? A who? <laughs> a trauma bond. Have uh, you ever heard of that? It ain't like one of them things that you wear around your waist for um, tuxedos. No, that's a... That's um, a cummerbund. <laughs> okay, a trauma bond. Yeah, As have in you ever trauma heard of that? and bond? Yeah. Something that bonds you, like a trauma that bonds you? Yeah, so I was... Else? Yeah, so I was listening to this other podcast, and they talk about trauma bonds because the people who are on it talk about how they've had so much trauma and this and that. So mm -hmm. it's like where a trauma happens to you, but you feel bonded to that person because of that trauma. Mm. So you feel like... Almost like you have to keep the relationship going or you have to protect them. Right. Never heard the actual term, but yes, I've had, I've, I'm familiar with that, yeah. Yeah, I thought it was very interesting. Mm -hmm. Like, I would, almost wish I would have went to school for psychology. Mm, imagine that. Because, first of all, I think I would have been a good therapist. Yeah, I think, I think so. <laughs> I just feel like, you know, she's laughing at me. Yeah. I mean, she's just smiling. She's sitting here just you know, laughing at me. <laughs> I don't know what I did to her. That's the most we've ever gotten out of her. As far as that goes. She is alright, and I'm cool with it. Hey, hey, daddy got that dog gonna touch or something like that. Okay, know. anyway. But anyway, continue. That's it. Okay. <laughs> You wish you would have went to school for psychology. No, I so don't you wish that. Me. Like I think you <laughs> and I would have been getting all kind of sessions. Yeah, free sessions. No, unsolicited <laughs> sessions. But that's neither here nor there. So I mean, you heard about trauma bonds and. Mm -hmm. So where are you I going thought they that? were interesting. Nowhere. I just wanted to know if you had ever heard of it. Oh, I have never heard of trauma bonds. Mm -hmm. I have heard of situations. That type of situation. I have never heard a term. Well, if y'all know somebody or if you yourself have had or have currently a trauma bond, I don't want to know necessarily what happened, but I'd be interested to know if you feel like you have one. Just like yes or no. So you can like DM me and let me know because I'm very interested. Yeah, yeah, that's that's the kind of things that you know that are interesting. So yeah. Yeah. A lot of people have things that kind of tie them together for life. 
Yeah, but unfortunately, in this situation, it's a negative thing. A very negative thing. That is correct. And I wonder what goes on for a person to feel like they have to protect somebody or the person who did something to them or caused them this trauma. Like, I wonder, like, psychologically, why do humans naturally feel that way? That's a good question. Yeah. Because, like, you would think it would be the total opposite. Like, you would, you know, like, guillotine them, but, like. I wouldn't say that, but, yeah, (laughs) like, I mean, I I, I don't know. That's a, that's. That's just one of the things. I mean, it's the human race. Like, humans are all kind of wired the same. I mean, though we're all different, we're all yeah. wired pretty much the same. I guess. Yeah, so, I mean, genetic makeups and stuff. I mean, overall, built alike. So, I'm interested to know. All right, so clearly we have this child here and another one. In the bed right now. Yeah. But, like, when you were younger, like, how did you picture your family? Like, you know, like, when you would think about, like, my family's going to be this, or this what mm. I want my future to look like, this or whatever. Like, how yeah. did you picture I mean, And then I'll tell you how I pictured mine. We'll see if so, so that's what happened. So, first, you yeah. want to explain? I mean, I'll explain mine first. I mean, go, it, it, okay, ladies so, first, ladies first. Okay, so, I always thought, I basically kind of got what I always thought. Like, I never pictured the actual, like, people, so to speak. Like, I wasn't like, ooh, I want my husband to have this, or I hope my kids are like this, or whatever. Or, I'm going to have, well, I will say, I always said I wanted three kids, two boys, and I wanted the girl to be last. Because I wanted her to grow up with, like, older brothers or whatever and be, like, the baby. I did say that, yeah. So... That's really the only thing that I like was like, this is what I want. But as far as I more so thought of the structure, yeah, yeah. like I knew I wanted to be married. Obviously, I wanted like an eight to five type job weekends off, like soccer mom type thing, like not a station wagon, but a Tahoe whenever I'm driving it, you know, when I get that. But like, that's what I pictured. Like I knew I wanted the family thing, but I wanted to be home I wanted like I said eight to five hours weekends off and that's pretty much what I picked and I knew I wanted kids right and at the time I wanted three yeah I mean I had always wanted three as well I mean the same thing two Mm -hmm. boys and one girl um I always wanted a nice tall chocolate wife and you know this is true this is something that (laughs) not just because you're tall and chocolate but, you know, I always wanted me a tall chocolate wife. I always wanted, uh, I, I'm a big leg, man. And I, like, the one thing I could always visualize, not necessarily a face, but, like, the body structure of my wife. Uh, I'm sorry, baby girl, I ain't talking about your mama. But, I am. But, like, the body structure, I always knew what I wanted my wife to kind of, kind of be like, or whatever. And I got that, even though, like, in the past, I dated the complete opposite for a long time. But, like, I got what I was going after, 
But as far as like visualizing my kids, I know mm -hmm. I wanted two boys, one girl. But you know, whenever I think of back on like, think of back, think of back on, <laughs> on like a what I like a, <laughs> on what like I imagine uh -huh. my family being like. Uh -huh. I never like I know I wanted boys, but like. I used to have like lucid type daydreams, and I could only see myself like holding a little girl or something. Or you know, interesting. Yeah, it's crazy to think about. It. Like you know, that's yeah. crazy, ain't a girl. Yeah, I see you reacting to that, little mama. But like, I only saw that. Like, yeah, I always knew I was okay. I'm gonna be a good husband. I'm gonna have my wife. I'm gonna have my kids. I'm gonna be a great dad. But when I saw myself. You know, interacting mentally with a child, it was always a little girl. Mm-hmm. And I never thought about that until after I had two. And it's like, hmm. Yeah. Come to think of it, I never saw little boys in my daydreams. Yeah. I mean, so I never weird. actually, like I said, I never actually saw, like, specific people or, you know, no, whatever it used to be kind of weird little, you yeah. know, daydreams where there used to be, like, a little girl, like, my sister's face or something. I used to be like, oh God, but you know, I used to love a little child of death in my daydream. It was weird. Well, I wouldn't say neither of them. Definitely not Zane, but I would not say that they have your sister's face. Yeah, well, I mean, they're still babies. And hopefully, <laughs> I'm nervous. we're not going that route. Love my sister. Well, shout out to my sister. Well, that's yeah. funny. Yeah. I'm yeah. very interesting how like you picture you know something when you're younger and then mm -hmm. who knows how it's gonna turn out yeah exactly i mean for the most part i got everything that i pretty much wish for i think uh as far as like my family structure and all mm -hmm. so far i mean i got everything i wish for as far as jobs go i mean <laughs> i never pictured myself being a 12 hour a day worker i mean Nobody what did you pick? Did you picture anything in particular I, I, with your I, career? I don't think I did, but I definitely didn't picture seven to seven. Yeah. You no, know, nobody goes grows up thinking, yeah, I'm gonna work my seven to seven job, and I'm gonna come home tired every day. I can't wait. Like, no, you don't <laughs> picture that. But you know, it's part of it. Yeah. Yeah. I guess, like just seeing ZJ every day like your kids grow up literally before, before your eyes and you don't even that. notice it until, until you look back at, you old, look pictures back at old pictures or and or they start doing and saying things and you're like how did you figure out how to do that or where right. did you get that from when or how do you happen. know that right like ZJ sentences are just getting clearer and clearer by the day yes. she says stuff and I'm like who taught you that? Yeah, how do you know how to even put those words, words together, together to form that like, sentence? You're forming, like, um, subject, predicate type Yeah, sentence. I forgot what the predicate is, but yeah, subject, yeah, verb, yeah, 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 yeah. the predicate second is the part second of part of the yeah, sentence yeah, that starts with the verb. Yeah, I don't So, like, that. the boy ran across the street, so ran across the street is the predicate. And the boy is the subject. Now that I think about it, I used to feel like a boss knowing what predicates were. And who named it predicate? I mean, it's a fun word to say, predicate. P-R-E-T-I-C-A-T-E? I didn't even catch what you spelled, but I mean, it might be right. Okay, I was spelling predicate. Okay, yeah, well. 
But yeah, yeah, like kids, they grow up right before your eyes. Like, I mean, even Zayn, it's only been three months, but like. Yeah, she's smiling she, and doggone <laughs> yapping at us right now. As yeah, we speak, as like. You can hear. It just happens so fast and it makes you like really have to cherish mm-hmm. every minute, every day. Because mm-hmm. before you know, I mean, ZJ's going to be in kindergarten in a minute. Ooh, I know. And then. Zane's gonna be walking and talking in a minute. Right, even though she's walking, chewing her little finger up right now, and not gonna stare me down and smiling, right now. I mean, she knows how to swing. She's she's throwing a right hook now. I think mm-hmm. she's gonna be right hand. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, she, we thought ZJ was gonna be left-handed or ambidextrous, and yeah. she's clearly right-handed. She's with a left hand sometimes. No, I don't see that. Mm. Not with a fork. Yeah. Uh, but anywho. Okay, continue. <laughs> so speaking of these kids, mm-hmm. I want to talk about our two birth experiences. Oh my. <laughs> oh my. Are we going there? Yeah, because I feel like I know we know some people who are either pregnant or wanting to have kids. And I don't know if they've ever truly heard both of our birth stories not that they're like way crazy but yeah, i feel like bad. it's interesting I mean, to know what happens in the process and like what to you can expect and yeah i mean you know. it seems like everybody's different oh I mean. yeah everybody's definitely different mm-hmm. but i feel like i mean everybody's is unique but i just like talking about ours <laughs> i know a lot of people my homeboys a lot of different homeboys especially like the toughest guys i know like, hey man, when you you get when that baby born, you gonna cry. You, I cried like a baby. Like, really? You haven't cried for anything and big. I, I was ready to cry. I was like, oh stop, I'm gonna finally cry about something. Like these babies, like I'm gonna cry. And the baby's born, all I could do was just smile like a. I was just cheesy. He doesn't cry about anything. Yeah, I'm sorry. I don't know how to cry. I'm I'm terrible cry. I was supposed to say, it has to be something like really bad. Uh, yeah, I only cry, cry for like death. Yeah. That's the only thing that can make me react. Yeah. Okay, so we'll talk about ZJ's first because hers was a little more. I wouldn't say I had a traumatic birth experience, but it was a whole lot more traumatic than Zane's was. I guess so. Yeah. Um, I can tell you from your perspective, but you know. Yeah, yeah. so, yeah, we'll start with, I guess, my perspective and kind of the chain of events. So, all right, guys, so I was uh, (laughs) 39 weeks and six days pregnant. And I was in nursing school still. I had like literally a few weeks left of nursing school, and then I would be done. So it was timed perfectly. So I woke up that morning and I went and actually I took a test. I went to school and took a test early because I knew I was going to be due soon and I was either going to be induced or go into labor. So I went and took a test at school. I took it. It was fine. I went home. It's like, okay, I'm going to sleep. He was at work and... You know, when you're pregnant, all you do is sleep. So I was like, I need to get this rest because I'm clearly, you know, I'm going to be giving birth any day now. 
So I'm at home and my mom is off work and my mom lives in Atlanta, if you don't know. So she was off that day and I was talking to her all day pretty much because I knew it was close and I knew that she would need to be headed this way pre-Rona um, hmm, right. to be there for the birth. Um, so it's probably about 10, 11 o'clock in the morning and I am you know, dozing on and off, but I noticed that my lower back has been hurting on and off. And it it's not like, it's like a very, very, very mild period cramp is what it felt like. That's why it really didn't alarm me. Because I was like, oh, that's kind of weird. It's just kind of, you know, hurts a little bit and then mm -hmm. it'll stop and then it'll hurt a little bit more. Then it'll stop and I'm sleeping through it. And I'm like, okay. So I tell my mom, I'm like, mom, my back's been hurting for a little while this morning and it's coming and going but it doesn't really hurt that bad and she was like okay well you need to start timing it so I said okay so I open up the app on my phone and I start timing these quote-unquote off and on pains mild period cramps and they're probably about 10 minutes apart at that point point. I'm like hmm I still don't think anything of it <laughs> I'm like, okay, they don't hurt that bad, but okay, whatever. So, you know, I get up. I think I finally woke up, woke up at maybe like one or two that afternoon. And they started getting a little bit worse. And I was like, okay, they're starting to hurt a little bit more. Okay, cool. So I forget what time it was, but I had to take some papers to Z's job, which is right down the street from our house. And by that time, they were getting... A little bit intense and I'm like okay I think I'm pretty much in labor at this point but they're still I mean they're hurting but they're not unbearable but when I got to his job to give him these papers I'm at the point where when they come I can't talk mm -hmm. through them and they always say when you get to that point and if they're close enough together then that's when you need to go to the hospital but mind you it's probably I'd say about three Right. Yeah, it was around about three when yeah. you brought the papers, yeah. So, I take him up there. He's talking to me. I'm, like, telling him, okay, contractions finna come. And they come, and I can't talk to him through them. And I was like, okay. He's like, are you all right? Yeah, yeah. I'm looking at him sideways, like, um, why do you just get quiet all of a sudden? Yeah, and this is our first go-round. So, like, neither one of us really knew. Right. what to expect he had never seen it before i'd never felt it before yeah, so it was completely it. new for both of us um so i'm like yeah yeah it's fine so i go back home and i feel like they went from zero to a thousand within a very short period of time because i don't know what time it was but i got to the point where i was at home by myself i was crying i was walking around my upstairs I tried to go into the guest bathroom and take a bath. I don't know why I did that because I sat down and could barely get out. It was so painful. I went back to our room. I couldn't even dry off. I just laid on the bed and air dried through contractions. It was awful. Mm. And I was trying to let him finish his shift. He got off at, I think, 7, seven something seven at the time. At yeah. The time, yeah. And it was like 5, 5.30. And I was like... I was trying my hardest to let him finish his shift, but I couldn't. And that's when I, I think, I'm pretty sure I called up there. I, I called, yeah. Because I, no, his. You, call, you called me, I think. Well, I called somebody. I either called the little phone or whatever. I called you directly. No, you called me, though. 
And at that point, it was time to go. I knew it. Because I couldn't stand it anymore. And they were so close together. And I was crying. And it was just awful. Remember I told you I was going to try to get through my contractions without crying? Do you remember when I told you that? And I was like, okay, I hear you. I thought I was going to be able to do it. So, okay. So, he comes home. And I don't even know what I put on that time. I had on, like, some pajama pants and, like, a muumu or something like nothing matched i didn't i didn't care just, i didn't give a shit i was, was just like it was just uh get me to the hospital oh yeah i left this part out i had called the nurse triage line at maybe i think after i brought you those papers after i got back home mm-hmm. maybe and she was asking me how far apart they were and everything and i told her and she was like well i recommend you go ahead and come to the hospital i said can i wait she was like well you can but it's almost she's like how far are you from the hospital I was like about 20-25 minutes she was like well I don't recommend that because it's almost 5 o'clock it's about to be rush hour basically what Mm -hmm. little baby rush hour it is here that's neither here nor there Um, Mm -hmm. she was like I don't recommend you waiting because there's going to be a lot of traffic essentially and you know you might get caught in it or something Mm -hmm. and so I kind of was playing that in the back of my head too and um i was just anyway so he gets home and i'm trying to make it down the stairs that's awful and we get in the car and then there was a lot of construction going on down in augusta by the hospital i delivered both kids at university hospital and the first time with zj huh oh continue with ZJ, there was a ton of construction for some reason. And so he's having to go yes. around the devil's elbow and make all these turns to get around this road work to get to the hospital. And I feel like I'm going to be car sick on top of these contractions. It was so awful. So, so awful. So we finally get there. I'm in so much pain. We get to triage. And... Um, I think, yeah, Dr. Burns came in. My doctor was Dr. Burns. He works at University OBGYN, the office inside of University Hospital in Augusta. And if you need an OBGYN, I highly recommend him Mm -hmm. for more reasons than one. He is amazing and he took so, such great care of me. And when I delivered ZJ, he was sick himself. And he had had been, yeah, he had no voice. He had been at the hospital, I think he said for 24 hours. And he stayed there to deliver my baby. Yes. So anyway, if you need one, choose him. Mm-hmm. Um, so we get there. We're in triage or whatever. Oh, yeah. Okay. So the nurse comes in and she's like, hey. She's like, okay. <laughs> you know, she's being real, like, nonchalant. I'm like, I know you deal with this all the time, but, like, I'm hurting. So right. she checks me and she's like, you're only about a um, centimeter and a half. She was like, um... I'll let your doctor know, but we might send you back home if, you know, you're not progressing that much. And I'm thinking in my head, um, I'm not going anywhere. First of all, I almost got sick coming here. Right, like... Like, you're not sending me home. I will sit in this triage and progress. Like, I'm not leaving. So, I'm throwing up at this point. I threw up a couple times, at least once. Mm -hmm. Um... In labor with ZJ. Yeah, I had to keep grabbing the bag. Yeah, it, I was nauseous with her, really nauseous. And mind you, the nausea comes from the pain. That's how bad the pain is. Like, 
Labor pains, I cannot explain what they feel like. It is in, indescribable. Mm-hmm. And I cannot explain it. And if anybody listening to this has ever been in labor or birthed a child, you know what I'm talking about. Yes, I'm sure. You know what I'm talking about. It's just, oh my God. Oh my God. You you remember that episode of Fresh Prince when uh, Aunt Viv was pregnant and mm-hmm. she was squeezing everybody's hand? Yeah. Yep, that's real. <laughs> that's real, people. Okay, so. Um, all right, so we're in triage. She tells me that, and I'm thinking in my head, no, I'm not going anywhere. So, Dr. Burns and his angelic self comes <laughs> down into triage, and he's like, hey. He doesn't have a voice, remember? He's like, hey, you know, how are you, whatever. You know, I'm in pain. He can see it. He can tell it. And he's um, he's like, we're going to go ahead and admit you, and I'm going to go ahead and order your epidural now. What doctor do you know orders an epidural at a centimeter and a half? Not many, if any. So I was like, thank you, God. Because even though they order it, it still takes probably at least another hour, hour and a half minimum to get one. So I was so thankful for that. He ordered it. We got to our room. And so I'm laboring, laboring like, it's just painful. So my mom shows up. I'm like, oh my gosh, mom, hi. Like, I'm so happy to see you, but I'm in so much pain. And, you know, she's excited, but she's like, oh, you know, you're in pain. I don't like this, whatever. So I get my, we get to the hospital probably, I would say around six. I get my epidural probably around maybe 10, 11 that night. Um, Was it around nine? Because I got it shortly after she got there. Mm-hmm. She got yeah. there after 8, before 9. Yeah. Now, mind you, let me let me go back to um before we got to the hospital. So, I told, I said I was talking to my mom the whole time. She knew I was in labor, but she didn't say it to me. She knew I was in labor, and she, at the time, she didn't have a car that was capable of making it all the way here safely. So, every time she came up here, she'd have to rent a car. So she told me that while she was talking to me all day and I was telling her what was going on, she didn't tell me, but she was preparing. Like she was getting her rental car together. She was packing her bag. Like she was basically getting ready to be en route here because she knew I was in labor before I knew I was in labor. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, she's an angelic person as well. Yes. Yes. That's saint. Oh, anyway. Okay. So fast forward. Um, she gets there probably around 8 or 8.30, I think, and I get my epidural shortly after she gets there, so at university, nobody can be in the room when you get your epidural, and the story that I heard about that was because a husband passed out and ended up in the hospital himself from seeing the epidural (laughs) being placed, so that's why they don't let anybody stay in there with you, so it's just me, the nurse, and the, um, anesthesiologist, and he did a really good job, he was really cool, he was like, he was a little saucy. Oh, a little zesty? Yeah, a little zesty. Okay. But I liked him a lot. So anyway, and my nurse was really good. I could tell. I think she was a new grad, but oh, she no. did so, so good. Yeah, she did. Um, I think her name was Emily or something. Casey. I don't know. I can't remember. Okay, but anyway, I got my epidural at this point. It kicked in immediately, and I'm like, okay, we in this thing because I'm feeling good. 
Yeah. I couldn't feel anything. Nothing. I felt nothing. I couldn't raise a leg. I couldn't feel really anybody touch me. I felt nothing. So I was good. I was, you know, just relaxing, you know, just hanging out, talking to them and stuff. I did have the shakes really bad with ZJ, but I don't think I had the shakes with Zane, did I? I don't remember mm, having the shakes. Not really, because you were still focused on that particular pain. Oh, yeah. We'll talk about that later. Mm-hmm. Um, So I had the shakes really, really bad. And you get that with any type. Well, I won't say any type, but. With epidurals, you get the shakes. It's just where you're shaking uncontrollably. It's completely normal. You feel kind of cold, oh, but yeah. um, that just comes with it. It was a small price to pay for not feeling that terrible pain. Um, and shout out to the women who can do that naturally. That is one That's amazing, but I'm just not one of those women, and I'm okay with that. <laughs> um, so at this point, Z's like, okay, she's good. You know, her mom's here. I'm going to go hop in the shower. Okay, cool. You got the epidural, no, 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 it was after because I was good and mom was there. Right, true. Yeah. True. So he goes to get in the shower, and um, in between all this, they're checking me periodically, you know, making sure everything's going well. Um, so he gets in the shower, and I think I was like three or four centimeters. He gets out of the shower, and I'm seven. Right. My y'all, his shower was like thirty or forty minutes long. It was nothing. And I went from like three to seven centimeters in that time. Mm-hmm. So they check me. I'm at seven centimeters. <laughs> we had this one, <laughs> this one nurse. She oh, was yeah. so funny. And when she checked me, she checked me behind my nurse. Like I said, I think my nurse was a new grad. So she had some people kind of helping checking behind her, make sure she was doing, she was <clears throat> assessing me properly, which she was. Mm-hmm. Um, so the, second nurse who was helping her she checks me she's like i feel your hair <laughs> basically saying she felt zj's hair like she could reach up in there and feel her head literally her hair and so at that point she starts getting the table ready they have this table it's a sterile field with all the um tools and drapery and all that stuff on it i mean it's like it's like getting ready for a big like it's a big deal yeah so they start getting the table ready and everything. And then after that, I think they checked me again. And that's when I was complete. And they were like, all right, we're going to have a baby. So I start practicing pushing. They have you practice pushing before the doctor actually gets there. They really only come in when it's like showtime. But my doctor's amazing. And he actually came in periodically to check on me. So that's why you should choose him. But anyway, I start practicing pushing. Um, I will say I did not push effectively mm. with ZJ at all. Number one, I couldn't feel anything. And I think it's important to be able to feel something. And I'll explain why once I talk about Zane's birth story. So I couldn't feel anything. The way the nurse was like explaining to me how to push, I was doing the opposite. So that wasn't effective. Um, ZJ was eight pounds and eight ounces. And while people have had larger babies... That's a large baby. And apparently I have, I guess, a narrow vaginal canal. I don't know. Basically, she was too freaking big to come through there. Yes, please don't. Okay. Um, (laughs) So all of those factors contributed to what would have been a 
extremely tra- traumatic birth had I been able to feel it. But luckily I couldn't. Um, I pushed for what seemed like forever to get her out. Um, she was stuck under my pelvic bone. And with the ineffective pushing, we got to the point where Dr. Burns and his angelic sick self said, okay, I'm going to use this vacuum, which is not an actual vacuum. It's like a little cup that they pop on their head. Yeah, it's like a little circular suction cup that they put on the baby's head. And I don't know what he does with it, but it suctions their head and helps pull them down and out. He had to use it for both my kids. Um, So with this particular situation, he said, okay, this is the last resort. I'm going to use this vacuum. And if we can't get her out with this, you're going to have to have a C-section. And, um, that was all the motivation she <laughs> I blocked the entire room out. And mind y'all, I swear to you, there were probably 10 people in this room other than myself. There were a lot of people. Pre-Rona. Pre-Rona, for, for sure. Um, so I blocked everybody in the room out. And I said, girl, we are not having a C-section. That I do not want a C-section, period. So I said, we finna push this baby out with this the help of this vacuum and that's gonna be that so that's exactly what i did but like i said i couldn't feel anything she was big i wasn't pushing effectively i tore so bad he cut me so he cuts his episiotomies which is where they cut we call it the isthmus area but it's the area between your vagina and your butthole Mm -hmm. he cut an episiotomy he cuts his in a diagonal slit. Most doctors cut them straight down. He cut his in a diagonal slit. But I tore straight down. <laughs> so I had a cut to the side and then I was busted open straight down. So you can imagine what kind of recovery I had. I'm pretty sure I sat on pillows on the couch for a good two or three months. Yeah, it was a long time. So um, that was bad. They couldn't figure out if my water broke because I never felt it break. I'm thinking it possibly broke when I tried to take that bath and I was already in water. So, obviously, I wouldn't feel it. So, they couldn't tell if my water had broken at some point because they did not break my water. Um, So, between the episiotomy and the tearing being so bad and the issue with my water breaking, I had to go to the OR still after... She was born so he could stitch me up because I tore so bad and so far down that he could not see in the delivery room to properly stitch me up. So as soon as ZJ came out, after they, you know, wrapped her up and did her um, APGAR scores and stuff, which tells you how healthy the baby is at birth, essentially. I was taken off to the OR for how long was I gone? Gone a good little minute. It felt like forever. It did. Um... And then she, ZJ had to go immediately. They literally, it wasn't like they pulled her out and put her on my chest and we had that moment and he cut the cord and oh my gosh, that was so exciting. They took her over to the side, did her stuff, wrapped her up. They held her up in front of me and then took her immediately to the nursery. Mm -hmm. I didn't see the child for what felt like another 12 hours. Yeah, you ain't see it till the next day. Exactly. We had to stop by on the way to the um, postpartum recovery room. We stopped by the nursery so I could look in the window. That was very saddening. I mean, I was tired. I was exhausted. So I was able to sleep. But like the next morning I was waking up like, where's, where's my baby? Like I haven't seen her. I don't quite remember what she looks like. 
So, oh yeah, something weird that I was doing in the OR, which I don't know why, as tired as I was. I was like, they had to give me more, I think a little bit more medicine through my epidural. Mm -hmm. And it's like, I was so drowsy and I was so sleepy and so exhausted. But this is the type of person I am. I was intentionally trying to lift my leg up, knowing <laughs> that I had that medicine in me. And I think I was doing it because he knew it. And they gave me some more medicine. And then all of a sudden, I couldn't lift it at all. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, what is wrong with you? Why are you doing that? I was so bored. And I could not fall asleep for whatever reason. So once they did that, I was like, well, I ain't got no choice. I guess I will go to sleep. Mm -hmm. yeah. I was just the athlete. And you try to, <laughs> trying to fight through. And they were up in those stirrups. So I was like mm -hmm. trying to lift it My so goodness. hard. He was like, um, give her some more medicine, please. <laughs> so, anyway. So, we got her back the next day. All was well. Clearly, y'all seen her all over social media. She's perfectly healthy and just extra. But, um, that was our first birth story. What's your take on it? Oh, man. Do I need to start from the very beginning? I, mean, I don't know. This might have to continue for the next one, or this might be like an hour and a half long episode. Well, I'm just um, basically. No, no. Uh, you tell everything you want to tell. I'm gonna tell what I want to tell, man. Yes, go ahead. Well, I was at work. I was very close. I don't supposed to have my phone on the floor, but my crew leaders they knew what was going on. I was like, "Hey, I'm gonna be on my phone today. Like, I gotta keep an eye on my phone. So it is what it is. So." <laughs> Throughout the day, you know, I told her, I was like, hey, um, I had a hunch. I was like, yeah, go ahead and bring that paperwork up here because we're going to probably need that because by the time I go back to work, mm -hmm. you know, it was the weekend. So it was like, I need that paperwork today. It was a Friday. Mm -hmm. It's like, let me get it to HR before they leave for the weekend. Yep. So by the time three o'clock hit and I ran out there to the gate and met you we sat there we were discussing how you doing you know and she would pause just quiet you okay yeah <laughs> so i was like what was that oh it's a contraction oh oh okay like you know looking like is that right like oh shoot this is it happening like no i'm fine or where you go back to work just make sure you close by your phone. Cool. Go back to work. Turn in all my paperwork. Go back upstairs. I'm back working. At this point, I really don't care. I got my phone propped up. Like, on ready. Like, so, I think around about 4.30 hit. I think she sent me a text message, and I didn't see the text message. The next thing you know, I think I see my phone ringing. And she basically says, it's that time. It's, it's time. Come home. I need you to come home. Was I crying? I'm pretty sure I was crying. I don't think you were crying. I had to be crying because I was I crying can, I can tell you were crying over the phone. Oh, okay. But I knew it was urgent. I yeah. was like, oh, snap. <laughs> so at this point, I'm looking for relief. I'm looking for somebody to come take over my machine. I'm, I'm bouncing. I'm getting up out of there. So they were trying to find this one particular guy, and they couldn't find him. And I'm calling on the radio trying to find him, and nobody could find him. Come to find out, he was in the break room. And me being the person I am, very mild-mannered, I never get loud. <laughs> but I walk in there grabbing my bag, and I see him sitting there. I was like, hey, man. Man, they've been looking for you, man. I got to go. Like, I'm, I'm flipping out. Like, 
And he jumps up like, oh, what, what, what? I was like, they need you at the machine. So I'm running about this. Like, oh, is it time? So like, yeah, got there. So I'm <laughs> grabbing my bag. I threw my other shoes on Jesus. real quick. And I'm not sprinting, but, you know, I'm striding pretty good throughout the plant to get out the car. I mean, get out to my car. So, you know, I'm striding out, getting to the car. I get in the car, and I'm out of breath. I'm like, oh, <laughs> ooh, cranking up the car. I'm like, man, you, you know. You got home pretty quick, though, I will I, say. I did. I did. So I shoot through the gate. You know, I'm I'm coming up. I wasn't speeding, but, you know, I was moving pretty, you know, pretty fast. So get in the house. She's looking pitiful. I'm like, oh, my goodness. All right, let's go. So we end up getting everything together. She's barely moving. We're getting her Jeep. We figured the Jeep was going to be... I don't know why we thought... Oh, maybe because, like, well, the seat and stuff was set up in there. Yeah, everything was set up in the Jeep. So, like, we get in the Jeep. I turn the hats on. I'm like, yeah, it's my time to shine. (laughs) Gran Turismo time. Now, okay, let me interject in that because I know I mentioned being carsick. My Jeep sits kind of high up off the ground. I don't have a Wrangler. I have a Grand Cherokee. Cherokee. So, it sits higher up off the ground, obviously, than, like, a regular car. Mm-hmm. And it's smaller for an SUV. It's really weird. Mm-hmm. So, the car seat was behind my seat. So, my seat had to be up a little bit more than I would have preferred it. So, between me being in pain, us sitting up that high off the ground, him driving like a maniac, <laughs> and all of that, it just was not a good combination. I okay, was go trying ahead. to beat the clock. You were doing well, but it was too much for me. Yeah, like, she was like, she needed to be there. She needed to get to the I hospital. was holding on to the oh shit handle. Yeah, like, like she was holding that the whole time. I was holding her hand. I'm driving. I got the left hand on the wheel. I'm riding down hazards. And finally, you know, we get to Augusta. There's detour signs everywhere. Yes. I got to oh go. I got to like, the hospital is literally maybe about three blocks away. But I have to cut, make a right, cut down one street, go all the way around mm-hmm. just to get to the hospital. So what could have been, like, two more minutes right. turned into, like, maybe ten, ten more minutes. Yeah. So, you know, every precious moment was ticking away. And like I said, I'm trying to beat the clock. So we finally get there, park, get the wheelchair, we get her up. To a room and stuff, the triage. Mm-hmm. She's about to flip. I'm about to throw up. Get me a bag. Mm-hmm. Oh my it god! It was terrible. She's squeezing my hand. I tried to pee too. Tried to pee, and I couldn't because there yeah, was so much pressure. pressure. So I'm literally from football. <laughs> I have about probably six to seven good fingers left already, and she was squeezing my hand. Like, it was like a, it's like when you hold like about five pencils at one time <laughs> and you just got them all in. That's how my fingers felt. Like, like they, they were on top of each yeah, other in my hand. squeezed together, <laughs> knuckles just smashing <laughs> up against each other. If anything could have made me cry that day. It was that. It was the pain in my hands. But I was just holding on because I was like, I'm not the one in pain right now. Like, she's. She's in pain. I'm not going to say, hey, let my hand go. That, that I probably would have cussed you out. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I wasn't taking that chance. I one thing I was taking pride in was not being the guy that gets cussed out when his baby's being born. I was like, I'm not going to be that guy. 
So I'm holding on for dear life while she's squeezing my hand. Finally, we get to the room. They give. I have to step out. They give her the epidural. I come back in. Her mom makes it. Everything's good. I go in. I take my shower, like she says. Come out. When I come out, I'm like, yeah, she's seven centimeters, uh, seven dollars. I was like, whoa. Like when, That happens so fast. I was like, man. You know, I was just trying to get fresh because I knew time was coming. And right? usually when you get epidurals, the reason why it's so crazy is because usually when you get it epidurals, down, right? it can slow your labor down and you can stall. So that's why, like, I, I was it, like, oh, my gosh. Yeah. But so fast forward. Like, the nurse says, I feel hair. And I'm like, what? Like, hair? Oh, snap, my baby got hair. Like, this is real. It's getting real. So, gets to pushing. I could tell. Of course, I'm not going to say anything. And I've never been in this situation. But I could tell she wasn't pushing right. I, I just was looking Yeah, like, I definitely wasn't. I was like, man, she, I don't think she's pushing right. But who am I to not gonna make that judgment that she's not pushing right? But I'm just watching, like, you know, the baby's barely moving. But, you know, she's kind of coming a little bit. And I'm starting to see the hair. Dr. Burns come in, like he's, she says, for his angelic self. <laughs> and he's sick. He's talking like this. Mm-hmm. He's a very soft-spoken spoken spoken man yeah. anyway, but you can hear him on a regular yeah. basis. So it got real. Like, you know, I'm holding my breath the whole time. I didn't know I was holding my breath. And I'm holding my breath, like, and he's like, okay. And then he got loud. He was like, oh, yeah. you're going to have to <laughs> really push this because if you don't, we're going to have to get a C-section. And that's when I was looking like, oh, snap, I know she don't want that. And I could look in her eyes and tell, like, she went into boom, <laughs> Number 15, Porsche, oh collegiate God. level. You do not have to go there. on zone mode. I was like, oh, man. So she went in the straight ultra instinct and started pushing. And that he put that vacuum on the baby's head. And I'm looking like, yo, like, chill. <laughs> like, like these babies are durable. Her head was so like, deformed. Yeah, her head was straight up and down like Stewie Griffin's she, the other way. Y'all, way. I'm going to have to post this picture after this is released, ZJ looked dead when she came out. She I'm came not gonna out lie. So pale she was blue, exactly. and I guess it was just because the picture was snapped before she took her first yeah. breath. But she looked scary. But exactly. Had I seen yeah. her when she came the, out, I would have been worried. The difference between her and Zane was she made absolutely no noise. Right. She didn't. ZJ didn't cry at yeah. all. No. The only time ZJ cried was when she got stuck. Yeah. That was the only time, but. When she was, she came out, literally, me and my mother-in-law were holding each other. And when she came out, she was blue, head all long, and she wasn't saying anything. And I was, like, internally panicking, but, mm-hmm. you know, I was, you know, I'm very calm. So yeah. it's like, when she finally just said, yeah, she made that noise. I finally exhaled, like. I probably was holding my breath about five minutes, literally. Like when I exhaled, you probably I was should like, have passed out. Yeah, when I exhaled, like I got lightheaded. I was like, "Whoa!" Like yeah, we didn't I, need you passing exactly, out. Exactly, that's when there. I realized. Real, exactly, that's when I realized. Oh snap! I've been holding my breath. Like so, the baby, she was there. She was awake. Now this is the part that I have that you don't have. 
like the baby ZJ, they took her to the incubator, they cleaned her up. The whole time this eight pound, eight ounce baby is staring straight ahead. And I look over and she's looking dead at me. Like I'm talking and across she's looking, the room. Across the room, she's looking dead at me. I'm looking like so I'm kinda moving a little bit and she's following me. I'm like Yo, this baby already looking and at me. And babies aren't even supposed to be yeah, able to like do that with their well, eyeballs supposed yet. supposed to be able to see. And it's like, yeah, she's looking at daddy. Like, <laughs> I'm looking like, yo, like, that baby know who I am. Like, oh, snap. Like, so, fast forward, they're taking you off to mm-hmm. the, um, the OR. Uh, OR. And they took ZJ to the, the nursery and stuff. Mm-hmm. And me and my mother-in-law, we're just sitting in a room. I'm like, man, oh, I got to find this nursery. I'm... I'm bored. Mm-hmm. I don't know when they're going to be back. Right. So I'm searching around. I finally get to the nursery. All the babies in there crying. ZJ's the only one not crying. And as soon as I step up, quietly, she wouldn't even be paying attention. It's like the little girl just had a sixth sense. It's like she'll turn over and look at me. Like, oh, I feel them here. And she'll turn around and look. I'm like, yo, like, it was kind of spooky. Like, this little girl's very intuitive. Like, she is. Like, Every time she I walked, that from me. I think so. Like every time I walked up, she would stop doing whatever or stop looking in whatever direction, just look at me, and just get staring. Like I thought that was like something for me. Like I was like, yeah, she didn't took my heart. Like it's a wrap. She got me. She got me. She was, wrapped you immediately. Yeah, like, like, and she was so just bright white, yellow, just head full of hair. Big old eyes. Mm-hmm. She's gorgeous. That little fat nose like me. I'm looking at her like, yo, like you are a beautiful baby. With your, I can't tell who you look like, but I can tell right. you look like me already. Well, I want to go back to when she came out because I completely forgot to say this. So I couldn't feel anything. And I think that was God's way of keeping me calm because I'm a very anxious person. And I get worked up in a negative way easily mm-hmm. i guess yeah, yeah you're very you know almost pessimistic in a sense yeah like you think the worst i before. i worry a lot yeah, right you think worse before anything right and i've anyway so i honestly think the reason why god made it to where i couldn't feel anything was because when she came out like you said she didn't say anything and when i look when i saw the pictures she looked dead So I think I did not know she was out. So I think me not being able to feel her come out and not knowing she was out kept me calm Mm -hmm. for those seconds or whatever that she was not saying anything because I would probably have flipped out had I seen her or realized that she was not crying Mm -hmm. immediately. Like I know she should have been. So I think that was done on purpose. Yeah, I was... I was looking at her and I was just because I didn't even know. Yeah, I was you like, didn't know she was out. And what are I'm we doing? There staring at her like, yo, make her say something. Like yeah. she's not crying. Like you see all the movie shows where babies born, they come out crying. This baby didn't know. Yeah, that. and sometimes they don't. Yeah, yeah, she didn't do that. On the other hand, Zane came out. She okay, was, let's yeah, talk about hers. Crying. All right, so Zane's was different. Mm-hmm. In a good way, in many ways. Um, So, with hers, this time, obviously we knew what to expect. I knew what to expect. But with her, 
I was over it. I was hoping that at 37 weeks the child would come. I was so over it and so ready to not be pregnant. I was like, what is going on? So I go on maternity leave. June 1st was my last day of work. And I was 37 weeks. And I was just like, okay, you can come now. <laughs> and so a couple weeks passed, still nothing. I'm going to the doctor every week. I'm not progressing. I'm not dilating. Nothing. I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm going to have another 40 week or, or more. And... We knew, Dr. Burns kept telling me, you know, it's better if she comes earlier so she doesn't get as big so we don't have that same problem. And I completely agreed. I was like, yes. So, um, we actually had set an induction date. I had an induction date with both. Um, but we had went ahead and set an induction date with Zane as well, hoping that she wouldn't get that big. Um, so, I was like, you know, screw this. I'm finna try something myself. So... I tried the good old, if you've ever heard of Scalini's in Atlanta, they have an eggplant parmesan that supposedly has put multiple women into labor. I don't know what it is about it, but I was like, it won't hurt. It'll be good food and it won't hurt to try. I was 39 weeks and two days. No, when I made the eggplant parmesan, I think I was 39 weeks in a day or 39 weeks exactly. And I was like, you know what? I'm far enough along. Let's do it. So I slaved over this egg eggplant parmesan, and I say slaved because it took me forever to make it. <laughs> like the recipe, I used the exact recipe that's on Scalini's website because I didn't want to take no chances. I don't want no off-book recipe. I wanted the eggplant parmesan recipe. The sauce took an hour to make. Well, for it to cook. It didn't take an hour to make. And then the actual eggplant parmesan part was very laborious. I had a chair in the kitchen and I would cook and then sit down and then cook and then sit down. Um, so I made this eggplant Parmesan and I was like, let's see, we're going to see what it does. Um, the next day I started contracting. Mm -hmm. Mind you, they were mild. It was kind of like the first time started. And at this point with Zane, I had contracted a little bit like before, and then it would just stop. So I was like, okay, that's what's happening again. I'm going to contract and then I'm going to stop. So the next day, I I ate eggplant parmesan the night I made it. I had it for lunch the next day as well, a small portion. And I started contracting around, I would say, 2 or 3 that afternoon. So I'm like, okay, we'll see what happens. So I continue contracting throughout the day. It's very, very mild. And I'm like, okay, whatever. We'll see what happens when I wake up. I'm thinking most of this in my head. I told him I was contracting. But I wasn't telling him that they were getting a little bit stronger and all that. Because I didn't want to, you know, get us excited. Mm -hmm. So, I go to sleep. I slept fine. Had a good night's rest or whatever. The next morning, I'm still contracting. I'm like, oh, okay. So, we might be in business today. And they're a little bit more intense. Mm -hmm. So, I'm like, hmm. All right, well, this might be it. So, you know, I let them know. I'm like, hey, you know, I'm still contracting, and they're pretty, you know, they're good. I still can somewhat talk through them and stuff, so we're not quite there yet. So the morning goes on. I think we fell back asleep maybe, you know, and they're starting to intensify. So I'm like, okay, yeah. You know, I'm texting my family. I like, I, I'm like, I think we're going to have a baby today. Um, This is during Rona. Yes, this is during Rona three months ago. So... 
this is happening. They're um, intensifying. And at this point, I'm like, okay, yeah, this is going on. ZJ's at daycare, thankfully. He got up and took her to daycare. So it's just me and him at the house. I'm glad he was home this time, too. Yes. Yeah. So he kind of watched the whole thing progress this time. So, they start getting pretty intense. And we had made plans for ZJ to go to her aunt and uncle's house. So, I tell him, I'm like, okay, go do what you need to do. Go get ZJ. Take her where she needs to go because we finna go soon. Mm-hmm. Um, so, he does that. And I'm at home. I start getting dressed and putting on. I think I put a dress or something on. And I'm sitting on this little stool in our bedroom. And I'm, I'm at the point I can't talk through him. I'm having to get up and move and change position. Like, I, I know it's happening now. So then he comes back, and I, I'm still waiting. I'm, I tried to labor as long as I could at home because I didn't want them to be able to say, well, we're going to send you back home, especially since it was Rona and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So I labor as long as I can at home. He comes back. I'm still waiting. I'm still waiting. I'm thinking in my head, I'm like, okay, when I get to the point where they put me in tears, that's when we're going to go. So I got on the bed. I think my dad called at one point. I couldn't talk to him. I made him answer the phone. Um, And I'm like, okay. So I had one that made me pretty much cry. And I was like, okay, I'm going to check the next one. And then if the next one's that bad or worse, we are leaving. And that's exactly what happened. I was laying over on the bed and I'm like crying through these contractions. And I'm like, okay, it's time to go. So I make it downstairs. I stop in the middle of the living room in a contraction. I couldn't walk through it so i just stopped i'm trying to slowly make it to the car we take his car this time after what happened last time Mm -hmm. it was a whole lot more comfortable of a ride for me but they're getting closer together as we're driving so we get to the hospital it's kind of eerie because it's kind of empty excuse me so we get there i get up to triage um and it was weird this time because last time they let him keep the car like at the little drive up thing at the hospital mm-hmm. until I got in my room and stuff. Then he went back and moved it and got our stuff or whatever after we were settled. But this time, one of the guys who works there or whatever uh, wheeled me up to triage and they told him to go move the car. And I'm like, okay, yeah, yeah. like why can't he come with me right now? But right. anyway, so he does that. I get in the triage. I'm standing there. I'm having to like get out my own insurance cards and my ID for the nurse and stuff. And I'm like, I listen. I mean, she was fine. She was like, you know, between your contractions, just give me your insurance card and this and that. And I'm like, the doctor's office is in the hospital. Like, do you not have this? Like, why do I have to do this right now? Should just be able to be pulled. Yes, I was like so irritated. She had been asleep. Anyway. So, okay, I do that, and then I get in my triage room, and the nurses are coming in, and this and that, and they're like, you know, hey, how are you? Start my IV, give me my fluids, all that, all that. So he gets back. So my angelic doctor is not sick this time around, and he, this time it's probably about four-ish this time. So he's still seeing patients. This angelic man comes down from seeing his patients to come check how far I've dilated. The reason why that's such a big deal is because I'm in triage and there are nurses who can do this for him. What doctor do you know is going to leave their patients when they have capable nurses come down to triage and check my cervix for me? That's all he did was say, hey, pretty much and check my cervix. What what doctor do you know is going to do that? 
his bedside manner is impeccable. But anyway, so he comes out, he checks my cervix, and I'm four centimeters when we get there this time. So I was pretty far along. So I was happy about that. I knew at that point, you know, they're not going to send me home because I'm pretty far along dilated. Um, so, you know, this time I'm able to pee in triage. I don't know how, but I, I was, thankfully. Um, I don't throw up. But, I mean, I don't know. I think Zane's contractions were more... Why are you looking at me like that? <laughs> I think her... Maybe because she knows I'm talking about her. I think her contractions were a lot worse than ZJ's when I look back in retrospect. Yeah. I think they were worse. Um, I don't know why, but they were. So, I get a room, and I don't know why this either but they made me walk to my room this time yeah. and i was yeah, like why why am i walking to my room like this is painful like i'm leaning up against the wall in the hallway stop yes i'm like why do i have to walk to my room i, I didn't understand that one me either but anyway so i walk to my room and we get in there and i don't know why my epidural's ordered again y'all he ordered my epidural like a beautiful man that he is. I don't know why she started my Pitocin. And Pitocin is a medication that can that is used to induce labor, but they can also use it during labor when they give you your epidural to keep your contractions going so you don't stall. So I got it both times. The first time I got it after my epidural got placed. This time she went ahead and started it before my epidural got placed. And those contractions started coming so fast so close together and they were that much more painful on top of what I was already experiencing she was so sweet I couldn't even do it but I wanted to cuss her out too like why would you start this before I get my epidural why please tell me why so she starts the Pitocin and I'm just like girl what what are we doing like no th this is not it okay. <sighs> so then the epidural guy, or the anesthesiologist epidural guy, the anesthesiologist finally shows up, and I did, he was weird. This one was peculiar. Like, like he, I don't know. He was a weirdo. So he has to leave again, of course, and he's doing my epidural. I get it placed. But this time, everything's numb except this one spot in my left lower back, kind of like my left hip. That was the worst pain I've ever experienced in my life. So everything's numb. So it feels like all of the pain is concentrated. All of the pain and pressure is concentrated in this one spot in my body. And it seems like when it comes, it was almost like a shock. Like it would come and I felt like I needed to like, I can't even explain it. It was so, 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 so bad. And when they put you on an epidural, they give you this button. It's called a PCA pump. They give you this button where you can give yourself the medicine every, I think, five or ten minutes. You can give yourself a bolus, so a large chunk of it to help. Mm -hmm. My button was not working, and we did not realize that. Knew. So we're pressing the button. You know, it's telling us we're getting it. I'm like, okay, cool. When is it going to kick in? The button is not working. There's a button on the actual pump itself. Luckily. So Luckily. So he finally presses that, and like... I, it felt like 30, 40 minutes, felt like an hour, honestly, that it was concentrated in that one spot. 
But finally, we press it, I think, two or three times on the machine itself. And it finally goes away. That was the worst 30, 40 minutes, hour of my life. That was a terrible little stretch. That was awful. It's like I can still feel it right now. It, It was bad. So, finally... I'm not as numb as last time. I can still feel a little bit of pressure, which is what I wanted. And the reason why I wanted that in comparison to before was because I wanted to feel the pressure to know so I could push with it like I was supposed to. And it worked. It worked this time. When Zane, when I was pushing, I felt the pressure. I felt when she pretty much descended all the way down into the birth canal. I felt that. So that was very helpful with me to push her, um, to be able to push her out. But I progressed really fast this time too. I think they checked me at one point and then not even an hour later, they checked me and I was complete. So, um, I progressed really fast with her, which I was thankful for. Um, I pushed for a good bit with her though. And I got so exhausted pushing with her mm-hmm. that I looked over at him at one point and said, I think I just want to see section. <laughs> and I knew I didn't but I was so tired and so exhausted at that point that I just felt like I couldn't do any more than I was already doing Mm. and clearly what I was doing at that point was not pushing her out like I should have been so I kind of had to focus again and go ahead and push her out but he did have to use the vacuum and this time we had one pop off which is where the vacuum pops off their head Mm. it's kind of weird and sometimes it can make them bleed like I've heard of that and like that happens and like blood goes everywhere. Oh my god. I'm glad yeah, that didn't I'm glad happen. I didn't see that. Yeah, but that didn't happen to yeah, us. But, but yeah. So she comes out, she's pretty much crying immediately. I felt when she came out, it was like a release of pressure when he pulled her mm-hmm. out. Um so that was kinda neat to feel and I was I guess. filming the whole well not even filming. I was um FaceTiming with her Yeah, brother. with my mom and my sister. Mm-hmm. Um, because my sister's about to have a baby, so she wanted to kind of see the process and see how it went this time. Mm-hmm. So, um, he was on FaceTime with them the whole time. With the camera and her poonanny. Pretty much. But from a different angle, so you couldn't see the whole thing. Oh, yeah, didn't you say he, like, stuck his whole forearm Man, in there? he was about shoulder deep in that thing. <laughs> oh, he was, what he was trying to do was turn her. Mm-hmm. So trying to lift her up, yeah, because she was getting getting stuck too. Mm -hmm. too, I don't know what it is about your pelvis, it's slim. Mm -hmm. So, um, she comes out, she's crying immediately, pretty much. Um, she's just both of them were just so gorgeous in their own way. Mm -hmm. But the one thing that happened with her was the baby's first poop that dark, they have this dark, sticky, like tarry type poop. Um, it's called meconium and sometimes they can pass that they'll poop in the womb and she did I don't know how much but she did a little bit and sometimes it can just happen from the pressure of the contraction on the baby um, or whatever but she did that so when they broke my water with her they actually broke my water this time so we knew when it happened Um, so when they broke my water when the water came out it was they call it meconium stained. So it was like a br- probably like a brownish, greenish, blackish mm. color. I didn't see it. But um, sometimes they'll go ahead and take you to the OR4C section when they see that. I don't know what the criteria is for when they do or don't or what they decide to do. Um, but he let me continue to labor. 
and have her vaginally, which I was thankful for, but she did pass that in the womb. Um, so when she came out, usually they'll take the baby to the NICU. Mm -hmm. If that happens, just to check them and make sure they don't have anything nasty in their lungs or anything like that. Because they can't inhale that. And clearly that's not safe because it's poop. Mm -hmm. So what they did was they had the nurse practitioner um, from the NICU, I think, come in the room. And she assessed her and examined her. And she was fine. So they let us keep her, which I was thankful for. And um, so that was one thing that was different about her birth. But overall, I did have an episiotomy again, but I did not tear nearly as bad. So he stitched me up. I pa well, I passed my placenta he stitched me up in the room. I was able to just relax over there while, um, let him do his thing while Z was over with the baby at the table, mm -hmm. cleaning her off and getting her together. So it was a much more pleasant experience. I could walk after this birth. I couldn't walk after my last one. She's, <coughs> excuse me. She stayed in the room. She wasn't gone for hours on end. Um, because when I had ZJ, they had to wheel me to the postpartum recovery room. I couldn't get up and walk for, I think, like, a day and a half or two days. I didn't get out of the bed at all. Felt like a while. It was bad. And when I got up to finally take my first shower, I was in so much pain. But that was the best shower mm -hmm. ever. But with Zane, I was able to get up and walk. I felt pretty good. I was obviously still in pain. I mean, I did just birth a human. But it was a much better recovery overall um, yes. than ZJ's was. And... I had relatively short labors for each one of them, especially for ZJ to have been my first baby. Um, you know, completely healthy pregnancies both times. Um, so, yeah, what's your take on Zane's? I mean, the only difference because I was there with you the whole time. Yeah. I mean, um, when I had to get up and take him to daycare, and then I called my sister on the way to daycare telling her, like, you know, by that time, be ready to pick up mm -hmm. ZJ because I'm not going to be available. Right. So Thankfully, got, they were available. Yeah, they were available. So I got them, to, you know, kind of ready for that. And um, then I had um take the car seat and everything over there a little yeah, later once you started kind of... Um, Contracted yeah, a little stronger. You went and got her, right? And took her and put the car seat over there? Or did they go no, pick no, her no. up? No, no, They went to pick her up. I just took oh, the car seat. Oh, I thought yeah. you went and got her. I, no, I took the car seat and I hooked up the car seat for yeah, them. And I told my sister. Yeah, you're not weird about car seats. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, I basically gave my sister a rundown. Like, hey, mm -hmm. I'm not going to be available. Just go pick her up. Yeah. Um, it's game time, basically. Pretty much. So, that. So, we end up. You know, coming back when I got back home from that one, you mm -hmm. were struggling yeah. and stuff, and got everything loaded in the car, got you loaded. We forgot her. We forgot the baby bag. Oh at yeah, home. yeah, we forgot the baby bag. <laughs> but you know, luckily you were able to go back and get it the next back, day. Yeah. You know? So drive full speed down the road again. It was a nice smooth ride because I'm in It the was car. a whole lot smoother this time. We were in the car. I was, I was low to the ground. And I was flying. You were. Because once we... You didn't um, even know. I don't think I didn't. Did. No. Exactly. Well, I, was, I didn't really care. Like, I yeah. was in so much pain. I was like, just get me there. Where are we going? 100? Yeah, I was... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was shooting down 520. Yeah, I mean, we got there fast. Yeah, I got there real fast. But, um... Yeah. Birth of children bring out the, you know, speed and... 
it's Anywho. such they're just such wild experiences like i'm mm-hmm. so thankful for both of our birth stories i guess like i love talking about them and looking back on it, like I could tell these stories a thousand times mm-hmm. and never get tired of them because right. it brought us these beautiful babies, mm-hmm. and it's like, like the experience is crazy. Like yeah, it's like you look back on it like that, wow, like that's wild. Yeah, like happens. I had two whole babies, like mm-hmm. I birthed both of them. Yeah, like I'm a whole daddy in these streets. Like, yeah, like I, I just, I just like love God talking saw about fit. it. To bless me to be right. a father. Bless us to be parents. Exactly. And we're yeah. something else. Yeah. But yeah, so, you know, that whole experience, just getting to, you know, it was just different. Mm-hmm. Like, everything you said and my perspective was just, you know, I was just along for the same kind of ride. Yeah. And everything worked out. I mean, the child, Zane, stayed in the room. Mm-hmm. I was able to cut the umbilical cord. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that yeah. this time. And yeah. he nicely asked me, he's like, do you want to cut the cord? I was like, <laughs> yeah. I, yes, I did. What did it, like, when you cut it, what was it? Was it, like, squishy or, like, Kinda. like a rubber band or, like? I guess it was, like, cutting some chitlins. Ew. Like, with a, <laughs> with a little small patch. So, have you ever cut chitlins before? Um, no. Okay, But yeah. I like them. Yeah, it was almost like cutting down, like a thicker chill. Yeah. But, yeah, like, basically did that. That was pretty cool. We stayed. We came back home. I mean, it was just. Yep. I got me some Chick-fil-A after, Chick-fil-A, Lord Jesus. Chick-fil-A, yep. The first time, I had some cold cookout because I was gone for hours to get stitched. Mm-hmm, this so. time, he went downstairs, got us some Chick-fil-A. I had me a big-ass <laughs> Coke. Oh, my gosh. It was mm-hmm. so good. Have me some water. Like, this time was so much better all around. Yeah, we were just better prepared. And we had a crappy room. Like, we didn't have the big, nice room no. with the window. But, but it, was it was a much better experience. And I slept better in there, too. Like, the overall sleep experience for me was a lot oh, better. Oh, no, no. The postpartum room was better than our last one. This mm-hmm. time, we had the nice, big room with the window. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, it was pretty cool. But Yeah. Yeah, these experiences are pretty cool. I, I mean, just, I just yeah, them. it's fun to talk about. And I just look at these children the way they look at me. I'll be like, wow, you used to live in my box. I knew that's where that was going. Anyway, all right, we've kind of gone over time for this one, but I thought it was interesting enough. Um, if you're listening and you have questions or want to ask me questions or ask us questions, or, I mean, even if you have any topic ideas that you would like us to talk about or get our perspective on, just DM me on Instagram or Facebook. Yeah, about the uh, topics. Yeah, he's all about the topics. But I like for people to ask me questions because I like to tell stuff sometimes. (laughs) Yeah, you you like the, you you love your motherhood type stories and stuff. Marriage and motherhood type with other moms over motherhood mm-hmm. over social media like there's so many people I like went to high school with who are having babies now and it's like we're reconnecting because we're now mothers true and we can exchange thoughts and statements and stories and stuff so anyway I'm gonna post the pictures of what ZJ looked like when she came out it's scary y'all I promise um so look out for that but thanks for joining us again i hope you enjoyed it and i can't wait for the next one. Oh yeah oh yeah and as she said just dm with ideas and questions and until next time people 
We'll be back next week to give it to you. Straight like that.